In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, all of us here today live our lives according to a very specific, in particular, somewhat individualized set of expectations. Uh, for each of us, there are things that we are expecting out of life, ways that we're expecting life to work. Uh, we all expect that if we do certain things, that certain other things will follow, that if we act a certain way, that will bring about certain other results. For each of us, this is probably a little different. We all have our own expectations out of life, but I, I think there are some common ones that we also all share together. For example, we would like to think that if we work hard, we can expect to see the fruits of our labor, that hard work will yield some results. Or we would like to think that if we're wise with our money and, and we save what, what we've earned and, and we make good fiscal decisions, that one day we'll be able to retire or have some security. We would like to think that if we raise our kids right and show them the way that they are meant to go, that they will follow in our footsteps. Uh, most of us are expecting that when we pay a lot of money at a really nice restaurant for a fancy occasion, special celebration, that we're going to get good service and a great meal. These are just things in life that most of us expect. And uh, I, I think uh, my point is that it's good to have expectations. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if, if you lived in a world where you weren't expecting anything? right? That would be chaotic and hopeless. I mean, can you imagine what life was like if, if you didn't expect your hard work to bring any or bear any fruit, right? You would just sit on the couch all day because what's the point? And if you didn't expect uh, all the time and energy that you spent into raising your kids, if you didn't expect that to have any effect on, on the, the people they grew up to be, right? You'd just let them run around crazy. You wouldn't set any rules. And so we, we need expectations and it's good to have expectations on, on how life will work. Having said that, though, uh, life doesn't always go according to our expectations, does it? Uh, even those things that we have counted on 99 out of 100 times, uh, so often our expectations in life are not met. And, and when our expectations in life are not met, it can be hard, it can be hurtful, it can be confusing and disorienting, it can leave us upset, uh, maybe even infuriated. It's hard when our expectations on how life will work, when those expectations fall apart. Uh, so here's just one example. When I was in seminary studying to be a pastor at school, uh, I was a good student, um, but I, I wasn't one of these obsessive, compulsive, neurotic students, like always worried about their, their grades. Uh, maybe you've heard this before. It's an old saying. Uh, do you know what they call a pastor who gets straight A's in seminary? Pastor, right? <laughs> you know what they call a pastor who got straight C's with a few D's in seminary? Pastor, right? So I, I wanted to do well in school, but I wasn't crazy obsessive over my grades, staying up late, late at night, worrying about uh, a B minus, right? I wanted to do well, but I wasn't crazy. Uh, but there was this one teacher at the seminary who is known for being harder than all of the rest. And there was this rumor going around that no one had ever gotten an A in his class. And I heard that, and I thought to myself, challenge accepted. Uh, I am going to break this cycle. I can do this. I will, I will be the first person to get an A. And so I did everything that I, I thought I needed to do to get an A in the class. I studied hard. I went to every lecture. I actually recorded the lectures and listened to them uh, a second time. Uh, I took copious notes. When, when it came time for the papers and the assignments, I aced them all. I got an A on, on everything this teacher assigned. And so when it came time to the end of the quarter and I was getting ready to go online to see my my grades, right, I, I was expecting to get an A, 
I had done the work. I had seen the results. It, I, I felt like it was very natural and normal for me to expect to see an A uh, on my report card. But wouldn't you know it? <laughs> there it was, B. <laughs> Uh, and it was upsetting to me, right? Because I thought this is not what I expected. I, I put in the work. I did everything I needed to. He had nothing but good comments for all of my papers. This did not seem fair. I was confused if I could repent. I was a little infuriated. I wish I could take back the email I sent him after that. This, what are you doing? This is not, this is not right. And, and you know what that's like, right? To, to not have your expectations met. Like when you raise your kids in the way that you think that they should go and you pour decades of your life into them and then you see them make decisions that you would never choose for them. That's hard. Or, or when you spend a lot of money at the restaurant thinking you're going to get great service and a delicious meal and it's terrible, right? You're a little upset. When you save all your money and you make wise financial decisions and then the stock market falls apart and you're left with nothing, right? That's hard. It's confusing. It's disorienting. It's infuriating. It's hard to live in a world where our expectations so often are good and, and rightly placed expectations are not met. That's really difficult. Now, I don't know if this will be any consolation to you today, but you should know, because we read about it, that Jesus experienced the very same thing that you do. Uh, there are many times in life, at least from our point of view, that things do not seem to go according to expectations for Jesus. And, and we read about it today. There are many things about our reading today, some things we might expect to have happened in the life of the Son of God, but also a few things, I think, that, that come to us that were very unexpected, right? F to me, the, the first thing that happened that was unexpected was the fact that Jesus gets into the water of the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist at all, right? I mean, if anyone did not need to, to receive a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, it was Jesus. He had nothing to repent of. He had no sins that he needed to be washed and cleansed from. And yet here he is, right, unexpectedly telling John, you need to baptize me. Let's go to the river here. Let's Let's get this done. Completely unexpected. But Jesus, I think, does it for two reasons. Uh, Jesus does this unexpected thing. One, uh, out of a sign of obedience. Uh, he actually tells John, look, my father wants this. We are going to do this. I'm going to get in this water. You're going to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, it was a sign of obedience and, and submission to his father's plan. It was also a sign that, that what he's asking his future followers to do he is going to do himself, even though he doesn't need it. He will submit. He will obey. But I think it also shows us that, that he is a God of love, right? It was only love that would drive him to get into that water that was saturated with all of those sins. It was only love that would cause Jesus to surround himself and be counted amongst sinners at the, the very beginning of his ministry, standing there in the midst of the crowd of, of all these people who came repenting, had, having nothing to repent of himself. That was love, right? To, to gather together with those sinners, just like he does at the end of his life on the cross where he's Side by side with these two thieves, it's love that causes Jesus to count himself amongst the worst of sinners. So that was unexpected. What happens next in our story, I, I think, is kind of the thing that we would expect to, to read about in the life of Jesus. The kind of thing that if, if we were to watch a movie about the Son of God, we would expect to see, right? There's this amazing moment where the, the heavens open up, right? You, we read about this and uh, it's like God is pulling back the curtain and, and this dove comes down from heaven and fills Jesus as the Spirit and anoints him and empowers him. Like this is good stuff, stuff we would expect to see. And then there's this voice, the voice of the Father speaking down to Jesus, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, right? Totally expected, beautiful, amazing, empowering 
seen there at the river. But then something happens again right after this that I don't think we could have seen coming. That was totally unexpected, right? We read about how that spirit that came in him and anointed him and set him apart and filled him and empowered him, that spirit now unexpectedly leads some, uh, Jesus somewhere that we, we, we couldn't have expected, right? The Holy Spirit, at, after this beautiful moment, does not lead Jesus to the temple where he sits on a throne and wears a crown and begins to lead his people out, right? Spirit doesn't lead him there. The Spirit does not lead Jesus uh, to some auditorium, coliseum, filled with cheering crowds who are chanting his name. Uh, the Spirit does not lead Jesus back up into heaven at the right hand of his Father to, to lead for all eternity. No, the, the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness, right? totally unexpected, into this God-forsaken desert of a place where he's going to be tempted after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. When Jesus is running on empty and spiritually and physically hungry, the Spirit has led Jesus to that situation. Never expect that after what just happened, right? And so what I think our, our reading for today tells us a, a number of things. But, but first of all, I, I think it reminds us that our baptismal lives, living as God's baptized children, life will not always look like we might expect it to. A Jesus' baptismal life did not look like how we would expect it to, and so ours won't either. The truth is, I, I think we all have certain expectations on what the baptismal life, what life with Jesus is going to look like, right? And some of these are good expectations that I want you to keep and hold on to. But the truth is, sometimes we have misplaced expectations, right? right? Like we might be expecting, and I, I think wrongly, that, that because we're a baptized child of God and, and because we're in Christ Jesus, that all of our prayers will just be answered now. I don't know that too many of us think that, but at least we're expecting that like most of our prayers would be answered. That would be nice, right? Or we, we might be expecting that all of our hard work for the Lord will, will bear fruit in physical ways that we can see, right? Or that all of our invitations as we reach out to the community with the good news of Jesus, that those invitations will be well-received and our church will grow, right? We would like to be able to expect that. We would like to be able to expect that that, that living as, bap- as God's baptized child means that all of our dreams are, are fulfilled and all of our problems are, are overcome. But you know <laughs> that those expectations are not always met. And, and when those expectations that we have about what the baptismal life will look like, when they're not met, right, that's when the confusion and the anger and, 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 and all of those problems come. That's when we begin to question our baptism. Uh, That's what Satan tried to get Jesus to do in our reading for today. Uh, And I love how Gilda read it. If you are the Son of God, Satan said, right? If Jesus just had this amazing experience where the heavens were open and the dove came down and the voice said it as clear as clear can be, right? You are my beloved Son. (laughs) But here now in this this wilderness, in this desert, as, as he's running on empty and hungry, Right? He, he could have had reason to, to, to begin to doubt and wonder, and that's what Satan's trying to do, trying to get him to, to doubt his baptism. Are you really the Son of God? Do you think this, this is what the baptismal life was going to look like? Do you think God would have brought you here into the desert if those promises of your baptism still stood for you? And, and Satan, dear friends, is trying to do the same thing to us today. <laughs> He's trying to get us to question what happened to us in our baptism. He's trying to get us to ask ourselves, are we really God's children? Are we still forgiven? Is God still here? Am I still empowered by this this Holy Spirit? But here's the, the blessing of our reading for today, I think, is that God is helping us to reset our expectations. 
Because the truth is, uh, God never promises that every one of our prayers will be magically answered and once we're baptized, right? He doesn't promise that. They, they may be answered. They have been answered in some cases. But he doesn't tell us that we should be expecting that, that all or even most of our prayers will be answered in the ways that we want them answered. I mean, that wasn't true of Jesus, was it? When he prayed at the end of his life, Lord, if it's your will, please take this cup from me. The prayer was not answered how, how he was expecting or wanting it to. And if that was true for Jesus, then it will be true for us. And, and so we can't expect that every one of our invitations will be well-received. Think of Jesus. He had many of his invitations handed right back to him. People wanted nothing to do with him. We can't expect that all of our good work for the Lord will, will be blessed in the ways that, that we're looking for. It wasn't true of Jesus. We can't expect that all of our dreams will be fulfilled and all of our problems overcome. Today we're reminded, and it's a helpful reminder, of what we cannot expect as part of the Christian life. Life will not be easy. But here's what we can expect. As, as Christian, baptized people, we can expect that what God did for us in our baptism and who he has made us in Christ, that those promises will always be there for you. And that no matter how many prayers go unanswered and how many problems you continue to have and how many dreams are unfulfilled and how many invitations are handed back to you, what you can count on, what you can come to expect 100% of the time is that no matter what, you are God's beloved child. And what you can count on is that you have a Father who cares for you and a Spirit who fills you and empowers you and leads you. What you can expect is that Jesus goes before you doing what you could not do, giving up his life on the cross, rising from the tomb, preparing the way before you. You see, as, as Christians, we live by a whole new set of expectations. And, and contrary maybe to popular belief, we do not expect life to be easy. <laughs> no, we actually ex expect life to be troubled. But it doesn't trouble us <laughs> because we have come to expect that we have a God who will be there with us 100% of the time and, and, and who he made us in our baptisms and what he gave to us there will be with us for an eternity. So we live by a whole new set of expectations. Uh, I was reminded of, of this uh, by a woman in, in one of my previous congregations uh, where I did my, my vicarage, my internship to be a pastor. Uh, there was this long-time couple in the, in the congregation. Uh, they might, may have even gone back generations. And they were in their late 80s, early 90s when I got to know them. And after a brief illness, the husband of the couple passed away. And I, I can still remember the next Sunday uh, after he had passed. I was at the door of the church before worship, greeting people, shaking hands, and I remember seeing the woman get out of the car and, and make her way towards the front door. So I, I walked to her, I gave her a hug, I told her how sorry I was and how much I was going to miss her husband and how I had been praying for her. And I remember pulling away and I looked at her and she had the biggest smile on her face. <laughs> and I thought, that's not what I expected at all. <laughs> and I remember she said to me something that will stick with me. She said, why is everyone so sad around me? She said, my husband was a baptized child of God and now he's with Jesus. And it occurs to me now that this woman had the right expectations. She wasn't expecting for, for God to necessarily heal her husband of that disease. She knew that he could have, and that in some cases he does, but, but that that wasn't promised to her. And so it didn't trouble her when, when he was gone. And, and she knew that, that God hadn't promised her that life would be free from trouble or that she would never have to deal with, with death. No, she actually came to, to expect those things. But what she also expected 
was that the, the, the promises given to her husband in baptism continued to stand for her. What she came to expect is, is that he was with Jesus. And so I pray that, that like her, I would come to have those same expectations. I pray that Jesus would mold and shape my heart to come to expect uh, the things that we can count on and, and what he has declared to us. And I would pray the same for you, that as Christians we would live by a whole new set of expectations, that we could expect that we have a Father who loves us and a Spirit that fills us and a Savior who goes before us. In Jesus' name, amen.